Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week, we welcome all of you back with the Sundance hit, Coda. And we finally reach the conclusion of an iconic franchise with The Kissing Booth 3. So, in the last couple of months, since we took a little hiatus, you know, some, some movies came out. What uh, was one that stood out to you? That we oh, didn't gosh. get to talk about for Mainstream Boy. That, you may that is a good question. Let me at recognize. least look at my list because my brain doesn't sure. work anymore. Um, yep. You know, I mean, I think one... Did we, Oh, you know what? We talked about The Quiet Place, right? We have an episode on that. You and Nate did an episode on The Quiet Place, too. I actually did end up watching that now, though, because I didn't okay, watch you it think when you guys did the review. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid sequel. Uh, and John Krasinski is a great director. And I can't wait to see what he does next. So, yeah, no, I think I thought it was really good. No, to be honest, dude, the only movies that I've really checked out for the most part were, first of all, the Fear Street trilogy and Pig. Those are the only ones that I really, of note, that I think are worth mentioning that I've seen that are new films. Uh, I think Fear Street was pretty fun. Uh, I didn't really enjoy the first movie, the 1994 movie. The middle one was okay, and then I've really enjoyed the final film right up until the last act was kind of eh. But it was kind of a fun little horror netflixy thing yeah because if there was any movie that had uh come out that we didn't get to talk about that i wish we did was pig because that yeah. is by far my favorite movie of the year so far it is phenomenal my pick? nicholas cage one of the best performances he's given since like adaptation he is fantastic. i haven't even seen that i just know the okay. poster is him with like a pot on his head and it's like a spike a jones movie it's uh, uh okay it's wacky but it's good it's about uh screenwriters pig was honestly so fun like you you compared it before to john wick meets uh it's a deconstructed version what? of john wick <laughs> it literally <laughs> is and it, it's com- it definitely has some comparisons that can be made without spoiling it but yeah it's pig it definitely revolves Where's around a pig, pig and nicholas cage is at his best so yeah it's it's definitely worth checking out i think it's on vod or something but it's on yeah. vod now and yeah it's because people would probably say oh nicholas cage is in another directed vod movie it's gonna be just garbage but I think people would be pleasantly surprised if they gave it a shot and checked it out because it is no joke. My favorite movie of 2021 so far. Uh, so he just he just gives great. every single movie he's in his absolute all, and <laughs> this one he was actually given something good to work yeah. with. So I mean, it, dude, I swear to God, every other week I see another Nicolas Cage movie listed that is coming out on vod or well yeah i think he like has that, like so. seven or eight in the can like in post-production already so we're gonna get some some great nicholas cage content i think there's one that just was a trailer called like the prisoners of ghostland and it looks like a yeah, mad yeah, yeah. max That's type movie one. that is just ridiculous but yeah i mean i'm all i'm all for some nicholas cage I'm gonna steal the declaration of independence yeah either way but spencer you've still yet to go to the movie theater is that correct Correct. I still have yeah. yet to go back. Uh, I honestly think I'm going to wait until Dune comes out. I mean, it's only two more months. Yeah, that's going to be quite the theater experience. I want to so see I don't, that I don't in theaters. I yeah. don't want to do the HBO Max. I mean, I'll probably rewatch the movie on HBO Max that weekend after I see it in theaters. But um, I just want to find the biggest screen possible around me and try to see Dune in theaters because that will be the return to the movie going experience that I think I'm going to really enjoy. Anyway, Spencer, I feel like we should uh, go ahead and dive into our first podcast in the last few months here. Uh, 
Mainstream Boys, you ready to do so? I guess so. Depends on which we're, which one we're starting with. Well, you're about to find out. Uh, but anyways, guys, welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boys, the show where we get together on a weekly basis starting now. Grab a big bucket of popcorn, an ice cold cherry Coke, and hmm, I haven't had snacks in a while. Spencer, I've been on a hummus kick, so I'm going to say some pita chips, preferably Stacy's. Um, I go for the rosemary ones. Some rosemary pita chips with a little bit of garlic hummus. Okay, but if you brought that into a movie theater, you deserve to get kicked in the back of the head. It wouldn't be like bringing Chinese food into the movie theater where it would smell a lot worse. I feel like it it's palatable. Like, oh, that guy has hummus. He's cool. You know? <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> like okay. oh, he brought hummus? Dude, you're cool. I feel like that should be a snack they at least sell at the counter at the very least. If they're going to sell nachos with shitty cheese, sell some hummus. Come on. Come on, Regal. Yep. Yeah, but I'm, I'm joined here with Spencer every single week. Sometimes Nate join, no, joins us, but it's not going to happen for a long time, to be completely honest. Uh, but this week... We are talking about The Kissing Booth 3 first. We're going to get that one out of the way, Spencer. Yeah. I don't want to lead up to it. I don't want it to just be on the back burner the whole time. I just want to get it over with. So are you ready to talk about The Kissing Booth 3? Yeah. You know, because The Kissing Booth 2 kind of launched the uh, Mainstream Boy podcast to begin with. It Uh, launched the franchise. our most listened to episode of, of uh those movie dudes so i mean yeah, yeah. we might as well close it off with the trilogy <sighs> kissing booth yeah three. all right here we go the kissing booth three you doing okay between spending time with noah picking a school so what time do you want to leave for berkeley next week and doing the bucket list with we yeah! i just feel like i'm running around like a crazy person Maybe your choices have more to do with what other people want. Maybe it's time that you think about what you want. <sighs> yeah, The Kissing Booth 3 is rated R. That cannot be right. No, it's actually rated TV 14, I believe, because it is technically a TV movie. I think. It certainly feels like it, so yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd go with the yeah. TV movie. Let's yeah. just let's stick with that. I don't think it deserves it's definitely not like a rated R film or anything, but an hour and fifty two minutes again. It's I think the second one and the first one were both around the same exact runtime. Uh this one has no, a the four second, point no, no, nine. No, 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 you're mistaken. Oh. The second one was two hours and like fourteen minutes. Fuck off. It was no, it two was hours and fourteen minutes, dude. I just wanted I just wanted to need to go back and that. listen to our Kissing Booth Two episode because we were like, why? <sighs> Holy shit, it is. It's in two hours and 14 minutes. Why? Oh, my God. There's a five-minute montage of them just doing every single thing you could possibly do in Boston. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. That was a thing. Anyway, and they kind of did the same shit in this movie, and they they cut it off before it got too ridiculous. But, yeah. uh, Yeah, okay. It's an hour and 52 minutes. Holy shit. It has a 4.9 on IMDb, a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually the lowest of all the films so far. The second one has the highest Spencer at a 27. Okay. So, yeah, we've come a long way with the Kissing Booth franchise. I think that the tagline really does speak for itself when it says the end of an era, the beginning of everything else, which it's very (laughs) vague. You don't really know where that's going to go. So you you really are forced to watch the movie. You're like, well, I don't know where it's going to go. What's L going to do? Well, it's finally the summer before L. Evans has to head off to college. She's facing the hardest decision of her life. Whether to move across the country with her dreaming boyfriend Noah, or fulfill a lifelong promise to go to college with her BFF Lee. Will she make everyone happy or fail to find out her own happiness amongst so many life-altering decisions? Yikes. The real question is, do we care? 
Do you guys care? If you're listening to the podcast, do you give a shit what happens to L. Evans? I did. Did you, Spencer? No. Of course not. Okay. Don't, don't pretend like you did care. Come on. I was dreading <laughs> this episode. I really was dreading it. Um, I it, and, and it, I don't know if it's just because like I have to do this with you, but you really introduced me to what cringe can be and how bad it can be. I thought it was just... This movie isn't good, but it's just the definition of cringe, you know, on on every level. This movie, it's by Vince Marcello, who's really, he did all these movies. He wrote the movies. They're based on books, apparently. There's one coming out in a few days if you do want to read it. Isn't that correct, Spencer? It's so interesting, yeah, because like the Kissing Book, the Kissing Booth 3 book has not even come out yet as as of recording this podcast. It comes out, I think, next week. So that and who knows if it'll conclude the same way the film does. We <laughs> don't know how, like you know, in each other's ear, the writer with a book and the writer for the film are, which is Vince Marcello, who's also well known for doing American Girl movies, which I didn't even know was a thing, and writing teen beach films. So he's really well versed in the teen genre. And of course, we got Joey King again, Joel Courtney, Molly Ringwall for some reason. And I think we can get right into it, Spencer. Did you have any excitement leading up to watching the movie or did you pretty much just want to get this one over with? I was definitely... Looking forward to the fact that this was going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. was it. They're, they're doing the Kissing Booth trilogy. Because I remember back in like, what, 2018, the Kissing Booth just randomly came on Netflix. It was 2 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And he's like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to put this on and just. That's what really. Fluff piece. That's how I first, got first introduced to the Kissing Booth. I was like, you okay, know what? whatever. It's Netflix. I'll hit play. I'll fall asleep to it immediately. Um, and yeah, the movie I think was my worst movie of 2018. It was the worst movie of the year, uh, for, for sure. It yep. was terrible. It was awful. And then obviously, yeah, The Kissing Booth 2 came out last year and that kind of launched the Mainstream Boy podcast because that was one of the first episodes. And like I mentioned, it's like one of our most listened to ones. And we just laughed at it because it was just so cringe at just... Because the thing is, I, I considered this movie pretty much like along the lines of a sci-fi movie because people do not act like this at all okay. these are not real people people do not engage and talk like this to one another like it's just so out of this world on just how people behave in the movie and it's just on a level of cringe like it's set to like maxed out cringe at all times in every scene I mean, dude. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like there is there is a place for these types of movies to exist. It's on Disney Channel. For sure, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, young kids can watch it and just enjoy the fluff. And that's the other thing. It's just people who enjoy fluff. Just, you know, background noise, essentially. Just movies that you don't even need to get too into. You can be on your phone the entire time and still get everything that's going on. There is a place for these types of movies to exist. I just am not a fan of these types of movies. So it was dreadful to get through, but we did it. I think we, we deserve like some sort of reward. <laughs> we did it. And yeah, the movie's terrible. We'll get a P.O. box and you guys can send us... You know, gifts, maybe some medication to help us get through, you know, the aftermath I mean, of this film and this discussion. So, yeah. We did. Yeah. We're, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I kind of have to agree, man. I mean, I love Disney Channel and I honestly am a big fan of a lot of those films growing up, like, let's say, like Lemonade Mouth or Camp Rock even or honestly, High School Musical. All of those do share the very same characteristics as this film with multiple like every other scene there is a very over-the-top cringy moment with characters that motives don't make any sense and the conversations also are completely over the top and the people are making really dumbass decisions left and right oh my god um, yeah. so like really stupid and this movie especially the characters 
and the other movies as well, are just despicable. Like, they really, you can't care about them. They try to make you care about Joey King a little bit because her family isn't as well off as, say, Noah and Lee's family, which has, like, a beach house. Like, their mom's a realtor. She's really rich and stuff. But, yeah, Joey King has to get a job during the summer. God forbid she has to make a little bit of money before she goes off to school, but the whole film is trying to make you feel bad about them because they're going to lose their beach house. Like, it's so self-righteous and pretentious that <laughs> how could I possibly give a shit? It, it just, it's just like... And the fact <laughs> that they, they just don't understand, like, how uh, Noah always hands out with that really attractive girl Chloe, that yeah. goes to... Um, yeah, Chloe that goes to Harvard, and and Joey Kane L is always with um, Marco. the Venezuela yeah, Marco. guy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what's his name? So like, <sighs> it, it's like, do they not understand? That, like, yeah, that's gonna piss off the couples. <laughs> that's gonna piss off the significant others. You can't do it, and they don't just don't understand. It's like they it's don't shy away from this, and it's yeah. just so painful to sit through and watch. Because, like I said, people do not behave this way. So that is why I consider this movie technically a sci a sci fi. It's a science fiction film that's set on yeah. like one of those like comic book like Earth two or three. Like we're just people. Reacting so isn't planet Earth. It's taking place different. in another universe or Seriously. something of that context. Okay, it, it takes place in the High School Musical type of universe, uh, where just like <laughs> people do not do this in real life. Because I mean, I mean, match to the film that we also watched this weekend that we'll talk about called Coda, where it's very much real yes. people. Um, so it's it's interesting the comparison, the uh, the compare and contrast like the two because they're so polar opposites. But like I said, I mean. There is a place for these types of movies to exist, and I think Netflix is that place. I mean, you don't have to do yeah. anything, then press a couple of buttons on your remote, and you can just watch the fluffiest, dumbest movie possible and enjoy. That's what, honestly, Dude, Netflix is. That's a that's a thing with Netflix, too, because if you look at their top ten on a weekly basis, it's a, a lot of the time, like, number one for the last, like, three weeks was Manifest, which is a god-awful show that was on network television that was insanely hyped over the last several months i heard so many people talking about it i've seen this when it was airing it got okay. canceled for a reason like it's terrible and it's <laughs> it's a lot of the same issues with the dialogue where the conversations are just so wooden and boring and just the characters have no substance to them but like so, yeah like yeah. trash entertainment i mean even like reality shows and stuff like that i mean there are an there is an audience for that and uh, yeah. I just we're it's not the mainstream one of them. audience, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun to laugh at, and I think it, it really, uh, it really solidified what this franchise is when we watched pretty much its kind of analysis yes. or commentary of and the that's movie. The thing. If you're like us, and and if you don't, you like kissing with three. Why the fuck am I going to watch that? Buy or download the the pretty much it commentary track and watch it along with it, and you will laugh so hard. Like that 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 is how you should honestly enjoy this movie. <laughs> it's just trying to find like people just mocking it because that is how you're gonna enjoy it. Turn this movie into a comedy, and that's that's what this movie is. It's it's a straight up comedy. <laughs> yeah, in the worst way possible. But I do think they made one great decision in this movie, and basically it revolves around the list that. L, Joey King, is trying to make up to her friend Lee because she's going to go away to college in Harvard. So she, they have this list from childhood, right, Spencer, with all these things they want to do. And one of them is to do a literal Mario Kart go-kart race because they like video games. I actually thought that scene was awesome. <laughs> like, at least not like a really amazingly well-shot scene, but like in terms of entertainment, like I was into it. They went there with the costumes and this, honestly, the overall stupidity and the boyfriend getting pissed off at Marco, like... 
that was kind of fun. Like, I was enjoying myself during that scene. No? I think that this movie probably was a absolute blast to film. Probably. Yeah. There's because, 17, yeah, that, like that would have been a ton of fun. Who wouldn't want to go into a set where you could basically be uh, a live-action Mario Kart? I mean, yeah, that's the, you're going to have a ball doing that. I almost wanted to turn it off at that scene, to be honest. <laughs> really? You didn't like that scene? Walked around the corner, and they're all in their suits looking like incredibly serious, and I'm just... What about uh, when Marco came out and then Lee and then Noah was like, "Give me a helmet." I mean, dude, it's just hilarious because it's so cringe. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. Bad. Yeah, give me a helmet. And then he gets mad, even though he's the one that turned it down in the, in the first place. It's just like, yeah, because he's not fun. Don't he thinks he's too cool for that. Way. They don't act like this in real life. Oh boy, yeah. No, this movie was a an absolute disaster, dumpster fire, train wreck. But I mean, if you enjoy these types of fluff pieces then i think you'll get some enjoyment out of it uh uh, i just yeah this is not for me man half a star out of five um i think it is worth mentioning um i did find some funny just quick like one sentence reviews on letterboxd of people that uh might share your same opinion spencer brianna says (laughs) they should make more of these one star that this other person said this is the one that i think i most resonated with was uh I would off myself in front of every character in this movie just to change their entire just to change their entire life perspective. Half a star. You know, I think a lot of people can see where we're coming from, but also there's definitely some parts of this movie that some people might enjoy. You know, there's an audience here, and that's why they've made three of them. So like I said, there's only one scene I liked. It was the go-kart scene. I was actually kind of down for it. And to be completely honest, the last 30 minutes of the film were not horrible. I I actually gave a shit a little bit about Oh. Nice. The characters. I don't honestly remember why, but I was glad that Joey King's character was finally doing something for herself instead of trying to make everyone else happy. And that being said, the film does kind of teach some good lessons in the end. It does. Like, <laughs> like it, it, it does. <laughs> like you're trying to, you're trying I'm trying to, like, to be positive. Like, yeah, it, yes, it's a terrible movie, but it it teaches those Disney lessons. Like, okay. You know, you got to put yourself first sometimes. You can't just, like, do it for your boyfriend and, like, your best friend. you got to make your own decisions. Like, do your thing. So, Like I said, I yes. mean, there is an audience for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. If you're yeah. eight years old, you can get some life lessons out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, though, for God's sake, please. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give this movie one star. It's really, really bad. So, You gave it two on the letterbox. Uh, no need to mention that. I gave it one star now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give it I one saw star. that too. I was like, damn, all right, you're going to get I, some Maybe positives. I'm just too generous these days, but... No, it's chill. It's chill. I think staying in the coming-of-age genre, it's time to move on to the film that I was definitely the most excited about seeing and talking about after I watched it, but it is Coda. I recall I really don't know love at all. Yeah, speaking of CODA, which stands for Child of Deaf Adults, uh, Spencer and I did take ASL in college, so this kind of resonated a little bit for me because ASL was honestly a really interesting class in terms of a language that we had to take. I was yeah. always wanted to do ASL because it's actually useful and a very interesting language to learn. 
yeah, and, when I saw that listed you know? as an option, I jumped on it. I was like, I think I even was like trying to get a bunch of people to take it like with me because and we did, this, <laughs> we did exactly. This yeah. was uh, because yeah, I mean. Spanish and French, it's cool, but like I never really took it in high school. I, I always elected to do like the obscure one that had like three people in the class. Like I took world cultures uh, for some reason instead of in doing high like, school. A French, was that a thing? Uh, it was probably in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I did Latin in high school uh, because I just you know I was like I'm not doing French or Spanish, and then I think it was middle school I did world cultures instead of like a French. That or sounds Spanish. right. So yep. when I saw that American Sign Language was one of the options in college, and we had to do a language credit, uh, so I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. And I honestly loved that class. I mean, it was taught by a deaf person, mm -hmm. um, and it just was very insightful, and I thought it was really useful as well. I mean, I definitely forgot a whole bunch of stuff, but, I mean, there was a couple of things in the movie where I was like, I mean, I was kind of hyper-focused on reading the subtitles because I wanted to figure out what was going on with the story. But, I mean, I recognized a couple of things that they were doing, but especially it's the alphabet that I remember very well, uh, going through yeah. the alphabet. Because, like, once it gets more complicated into more, like, more compound sentences and descriptions, it's actually, like, it's just really impressive to watch them at, like, how yeah. did the, honestly, how was this created? It's so interesting. But towards the end um, of the class, like, I remember we could actually have, like, somewhat of a conversation conversation about stuff. Yeah, like, we recognized, the, like, coffee and juice and all, all that kind of stuff. Like, when I heard that this movie was about a, uh, a deaf family and one person that is uh, hearing in the family and that she is you know, passionate about music, something that the family can't even enjoy. There's, you know, instant conflict. It, it sounded like an interesting story that I was very curious to check out. I knew that it had like a record for like the biggest sale at Sundance. It was a huge hit at Sundance. People were raving about it uh, at the beginning of the year. And then Apple bought it for like $25 million, which was huge. I think Hulu said it the year prior for Palm Springs. And then okay. Dakota, yep. Apple just beat it for the following year. So uh, I knew that it was coming on Apple TV, you know, summer movie, coming of age. It's all for it. What better movie? Honestly, for me personally, it is definitely my favorite genre. And, uh, you know, it's a polar opposite of a film like The Kissing Booth because that is just well, cookie cutter bullshit. It's actually bullshit. real people with a real yeah. job, real passion. And real a real story as far as exactly. I know. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if it's based it off refreshing. like an actual family, but there are obviously families like this. I watched a few featurettes with uh, it was a bunch of Kodos, um, children with deaf adults as parents, and they were watching it with their parents in like a big theater room, watching the movie, commenting I mean, on it. There's there's moments in the movie that I think those kids could. I mean, watching that movie must be so weird because it's like a win it's like literally kind of watching yourself on screen because I yeah think that, like how loud they were being with like her like uh trying to study and just like them not realizing like doing the dishes and grilling and stuff like that like it was it was kind of funny but like that's just i'm sure people identified with especially if they're a coda themselves according so to the codas and stuff and uh they they thought it was an absolute blast like the movie was just oh, hilarious yeah. and especially yeah. well we should get it I'll, we'll get into the specifics in a minute but uh yeah if you guys don't know coda is on apple tv it's an hour and 51 minutes 96 percent critical rating on rotten tomatoes 8.2 on imdb as a coda ruby's the main character played by uh, amelia jones very great up-and-coming talented multi-talented actress uh, is the only only hearing person in her deaf family when the family's fishing business is threatened Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her passion for music and her fear of abandoning her family that relies on her. Um, so this actually takes place and was shot on location in Gloucester, Massachusetts, um, because the family is, you know, they're a fishing family. They go out on the on the water, catch some fish, um, and that's pretty much their livelihood. One of the most interesting conflicts for me 
is how Ruby is obviously the only hearing person in the family and really does have to interpret for her family. But it was just a very interesting dynamic to watch her kind of balance her needs with really the necessity of her having to be there for her family in these situations, especially financial flaw. So honestly, just so many interesting conflicts in this movie that made it so interesting to watch. So my favorite movie of last year also dealt with uh, ASL. It was Sound of Metal. Uh, it was better never man saw than that. heavy metal. You never saw it? Never saw that. It was a heavy metal drummer. It was his life. It was his career. And all of a sudden, he started to lose his uh, hearing. And then he has to kind of basically live a whole different life. Uh, and the movie did a lot of cool things with the sound design. And, uh, you know, they kind of made the audience, like, put him in his shoes, essentially. And they took out the sound at times. Um, and there's a scene in this movie in Coda where they do that. They pull out the sound, and then you're kind of put into the shoes of the parents uh, during a very impactful scene where, it, I mean, it, they were listening, they're trying to listen to their daughter sing, and they couldn't. But all they could do was just read the emotion in the room. Uh, and that scene right there was like, damn, this is very impactful. So I, I love that scene. But in general, I mean, I thought Coda was incredibly strong as a movie as, as a whole. I mean, it was so wholesome. It was such a feel-good type of movie, and you're seeing uh, a family that you don't normally see represented on screen, which is a deaf family, and how they interact, because, I mean, there's plenty out there. We don't ever really see it in a mainstream movie like this, so uh, I thought it was uh, a fascinating kind of peel-back-the-curtain look into the family and uh, what that's like, and especially as a person, as the, the only hearing member of the family, what they have to go through as well. Um, it was just very interesting, and uh, I borderline love this movie it's a it's a really fascinating dynamic because i feel like there's at least tv shows and stuff out there i can't remember but i know there's a show that honestly like fully revolves around uh, a character that is deaf um on a network tv show or something like that um but it was really cool to see the dynamic of the hearing person like you say and all the different scenarios like at the dinner table and how her family uh, they didn't want her to listen to music at the table because it's rude, but it's okay to swipe through Tinder at the dinner table because it's a family affair because everyone can do it. Um, so there were just so many like just fun character moments that made you fall in love with these these people. Just as they just felt like real human beings, and I feel like a movie like that is just so much more relatable when they just seem like genuine people. And I loved how they also, I mean, they had to do it anyways, but they cast real deaf people in the, in the film, deaf actors. Uh, See, I wasn't sure actually, about that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They had to because it wouldn't have been authentic whatsoever. Okay. Uh, and they even did it with Sound of Metal. Uh, Paul Racy, he actually got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Sound of Metal. He was a deaf actor uh, in that film. But he, wow. just, he was so great um, at, a, at um, nailing that emotion. And so Marley Matlin, who plays the mom in this movie, she's actually an Oscar winner for playing um, uh, for a film called Children of a Lesser God, where she plays a deaf woman. Uh, wow, so, I mean, okay. she's she's won an Oscar for doing this, and uh, she was, I mean, I thought her and the father were great, and the brother, I thought they were all excellent performers as well. I mean, they did a great job in this film, and it was, like I said, it just seeing that, you don't normally see that in these types of movies, it was just refreshing, it was very cool, and also the music was so good when it comes to um, Amelia Jones's character, um, forget her name. L, right? No. no uh, no, that's kissing. that's the kissing booth. It's Ruby. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> it's Ruby. Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, she is phenomenal. She's a phenomenal singer, and Amazing. I think the uh, some of the tracks on the soundtrack. Um, I think you're all that I need. 
they do a rendition of uh, Starman from David Bowie. It's a it's they, a she did a ones. it's a Marvin um, Gaye song that's the year all that I need song that uh, I've been listening to on repeat ever since I watched the exactly. movie. Exactly, I mean it's so, that good. So <laughs> yeah. they nailed the music aspect of this movie too, and uh, it was just a very very good coming of age film. Yeah, I, I honestly just so many elements just worked for me. I think in terms of coming to age, it's such a relatable genre for me. You care so much about these people just watching what they're going through with the financial troubles and the the hardships of having a disability like this. So um, Amelia Jones was honestly amazing. And I did. I thought she was an incredible singer as well. She actually trained for nine months to with singing lessons, learning ASL um, and actually using a fish trawler because they did go out on the ocean and film on location and actually fish so i mean if um, that's true then she needs to be in the conversation for best lead actress at the oscars this year i mean if that's true that's incredible and she's given the performance that she gave uh she is by far the standout and she is going to have a massive career after this i mean she i mean she's probably gonna and and when her career's over, I guarantee she's gonna have an Oscar on her mantle. Like she's that good. I hope so. I she's she was yeah. born in two thousand two, I think. So she's wicked young. She's very like, young. Yes. 19, so she's nineteen. So yeah, she's yeah. really young and multi talented. And those are the actresses that I think stand out for me personally. If you can sing, and she honestly reminded me, at least in that last audition, just the way that she kind of uh, went through the song. Um, it reminded me of like a like a Disney song, honestly, just because it was almost like she was talking through it, but singing at the same time. Okay. So I feel like throw her in, throw her in a animated Disney movie as well, like Moana. I feel like she would be just blow oh, people away. Yeah, sure. That's what oh, I'm yeah, trying to say. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if she now has this talent of uh, you know, being a phenomenal singer. So yeah. Yeah. Go no, for absolutely. It. <laughs> but yeah. What would what would kind of be your overall grade or thoughts on the movie? I mean, it's just no wonder that this was such a big hit at a Sundance and Apple picked this up. I think it's got phenomenal performances. It has tons of heartwarming moments, uh, great music. It's just, it definitely lived up to the hype for me. Um, so I could I could get it to four and a half out of five. This is in contention to maybe be my favorite film of the year. I, I definitely am going to watch it again when uh, Brooke gets back. I think she's going to enjoy it yeah. a lot. Sure. Um, and then I, I'm actually going to try to watch for more of the uh, the sign language and see what I remember. I actually even have that book still, the American Sign Language book that we had to get. Um, it's oh, literally nice. over there on the bookshelf, so I could check it out. You know, pull that out because it is a, it is a very if you know how to do it, it, it I think it's going to be so useful. It's it's so I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. So uh, four and a half out of five. I think this movie is great, and I really enjoyed it. Honestly, agree with everything you said, except I'm going to give it a five out of five. I Oh, I think this movie. Shit. I know. Four, Initially, it was a four out of five. No, I switched <laughs> it. If you go back and look, it's a okay. five out of five. Right. Um, but I think this movie, without being something I can personally relate to, is was instantly snow so nostalgic. Just this being in like a fishing village. Like I've been around people like this, pretty much like oh, sure my whole yeah. life. Like so have you. We've lived on the ocean. Like we've seen people like this, and I think just that element of nostalgia mixed with uh, the coming-of-age elements and just the incredible story overall characters and the music elements put in this movie, which I'm always a fan of. It's just really, really incredibly good. So, yeah, it's it's a 5 out of 5. It's it's a huge recommend for me. It currently is my favorite movie of the year. So, yeah, I think Coda is very much worth watching. So watch it with your family, you know? Why not? Yeah, and you have Apple TV Plus. Um, I mean, I think the only way to know if you do is if you had if you bought like an iPhone or an Apple product within the last year. I think isn't that how people know they have Apple TV Plus? 
they do have some good shit on there. Slowly but surely, they're adding some honestly pretty great shows. They're they just bought movies, Martin so. Scorsese's next film with Leo and Robert De Niro. Uh, they're going to produce a huge Jennifer Lawrence movie. Uh, that's going to be a big Oscar film. Mm, I mean, Joy Two. I, think, uh, I don't know what it is. It's about a Hollywood <laughs> casting agent. But oh, okay. um, it's I mean Apple they're getting into the game and they're spending a lot of money to try to compete. Uh, I think that this movie should stay in the conversation for the Oscars. I really hope it does because I think it is deserving of a lot of nominations. You know, coming out in August, I think it's definitely possible. Um, it could if it, I mean, if it keeps I the hype. Know. Hopefully, Amelia. You know, maybe Apple will spend is, that I, money. I don't. I don't know anyone else that's talking about it other than us right now. So. It did just uh, I, I hope out. the word of mouth gets out there. I hope that we can help contribute to that. Uh, so go watch Coda on Apple TV. Yeah, it's worth it. 100% worth your time. Cool. But that that's going to do it for this return to Mainstream Boys. Return to those movie news podcast. Uh, you know, make sure to stay up to date with us on Instagram. We're definitely going to ease back into this. Hopefully we are on schedule every single week going forward. Yeah, but like I said, you know, it's we're easing back into this. We're not sure cuz the exact date, but there's going to be two shows that you guys can look forward to, Mainstream Boys being one of them. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Follow us on Instagram at those movie dudes. That's where you can stay up to date with everything related to the show. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. But um yeah, that's it for Mainstream Boys. Spencer, anything else you want to add? Nope. Toodles. Go watch Coda. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release every Monday, and you can stay up to date with everything Those Movie Dudes by following us on Instagram.